Hello and welcome to the Green Business Podcast, a show about climate entrepreneurs and their exciting businesses. I am your host Bharti for these weekly conversations about scaling up a climate-driven business. In India, almost 30% of our fruits and vegetables get spoiled due to lack of cold storage facilities with the farmers and also in the supply chain. Just imagine how nice it would be to get those extra lychees and mangoes. And our guest today is Deepak Rajmohan from Greenpod Labs. And Deepak is going to help us get those extra mangoes and lychees through his biotechnology-driven solutions that increase the shelf life of fruits and reduce the need for refrigeration or cold storage. Deepak studied food science in the US and returned to India in 2019 to start Greenpods. They have developed solutions for seven crops uh, and started selling commercially this summer with their first product, which was for mango farmers, and they have received great feedback. Uh, hello, Deepak. Welcome. Hey, Barbie. Thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for inviting here. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, same here. And uh, Deepak, let's start from the beginning. What is Greenpot Labs? Sure. So Greenpot Labs is a, a green tech startup um, focused on minimizing food and food wastes and food losses. Um, so we are primarily into like fruits and vegetables spoilage. So between farm to fork, we reduce the spoilage of fruits and vegetables. So yeah. Okay. And uh, and uh, uh, how how do you do that? Yeah. So we've developed a biotechnology-based active packaging. So these are small sachets, uh, which looks very similar to a silica gel packet. So when you buy like a leather bag or leather shoes, you find those small silica gel packets. So the product form looks very similar to that. Uh, with that, uh, we extend the shelf life uh, of fruits and vegetables during transport and storage. Uh, our product works at ambient temperatures, and uh, that that can extend the shelf life by forty to sixty percent on average. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where it is. So all a customer has to do is just drop the uh, sachet into their uh, packaging, be like large scale packaging, and that would uh, retain the quality and reduce spoilage. Okay, it's it's looking like anti aging medicine to me. Uh, so so what you are saying is that it is the, your sachets are kept in a food uh, fruit crate, and uh, and then uh, just by keeping these sachets, the fruits and vegetables won't get spoiled. That is right. So the the sachets would release um, certain volatile compounds. These are plant based ingredients. What we have when when these volatile compounds comes in contact with the fruit or vegetable, that helps in extending the shelf life. Yeah. Oh, excellent! And, and are there other use cases? I mean, human beings could benefit from something like this, like anti-aging agarbatti or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, I think probably that should be our next focus. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Uh, for now, uh, fruits and vegetables is where we are uh, looking at. Uh, but along the way, we're looking at other agriculture commodity um, like uh, grain, seeds, uh, milk, and meat uh, along the way. But yeah, so for now, fruits and vegetables is our major focus. Okay, so this is like little bit of magic, Deepak. So what you are saying is that this sachet, when it is kept along with the fruits, it will release compounds that will make fruits uh, look good or uh, you know, remain fresh for a long time, and how does that happen? Yeah, sure. So, so we use a science called defense mechanism. So, uh, similar to a human immune system, a fruit and vegetable has its own defense mechanism. 
so that that helps in fighting against external stress uh, both like temperature based stress or the microbial microbial based stress uh, okay. both are uh, restricted because of that um so what what happens is when uh, these volatile compounds comes in contact with the fruit or vegetable it activates the internal defense mechanism by which uh, either the fruit ripening rate is slowed down and the other side also minimizes microbial by which we extend the shelf life so yeah we control the internal biochemistry to extend the shelf life. okay yeah yeah it makes sense basically it's like having vitamin c so that you don't catch cold and things like that right uh, yeah similar to that yeah 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 okay but what i want to know is um, does it work for all the crops or are there certain traits that make a crop more receptive to something like this um so we develop products very specific for each crop um hmm. so the product is customized for each crop so we understand uh what the crop requirements are the spot way of spoilage and and uh, the requirements are quite different for different crops so we spend our time understanding about each crop uh, and what are their requirements uh based on that we develop formulation um so we can develop product for any commodity uh, any fruits and vegetables but it has to be customized for that fruit and vegetable okay uh, but then there would be some things like either, either the price of the crop or or something like that that would make it worthwhile for someone to buy your solutions um yeah so, so that's more on the crop so technology wise our product can be developed from developed for all fruits and vegetables right but but uh, business case wise uh it has to be a meaningful fit for for developing a product so that's when our uh, the crop selection comes in so mm-hmm. we select crops based on two different categories either a crop has to be high volume um so like tomatoes in in something like that or it has to be high premium uh, high value uh, like strawberries or mangoes so if the crop is not fitting into in any of these two uh, we don't tend to develop products for it so either it has to be high volume or it has to be high value for us to develop the product and we work closely with the customers so customers reach out to us uh, asking for crops and based on that we start developing our product okay and how long does it keep it safe for example now we currently you know don't have cold storages at farmers end and uh, and therefore they don't even have 7 8 days to keep the crops good so how long does your product work for um so it depends again it depends on the crop uh, um, so for tomatoes we're able to retain the quality for about 8 to 9 days uh for mm-hmm. mangoes we're able to retain the quality closer to like 10 days uh for different commodities it's slightly different uh but yeah so um on average we're able to extend the shelf life by 40 to uh, 60% at ambient temperatures okay and where is the best use case so is it it is delaying uh, you know if the farmers don't have cold storage this is the space where where you are operating it is not for large uh in large retailers or large go downs uh, where where the fruit or vegetable may be there for a for a 15 days or a month or so right ah so any 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 place where um the fruit is uh, stored or or transported for more than 5 6 days um and and within a time period of 12 days uh, our product can be used so uh, it depends on um what's what's those use cases are so right now uh, customers who are doing long distance transport are using it um customers who are storing the fresh produce for a longer time at their re- retail end they are using it 
Um, so we have three different customer segments. We look, uh, we work with farmers, farmer cooperatives, uh, uh-huh. and we work with uh, retailers, uh, e-commerce players, and we also work with uh, middlemen uh, who are doing like trade um, and in, in other transport. Hmm. Okay. And and if you develop one solution for tomatoes, that would be useful for tomato. Uh, you know tomato sellers or tomato growers across the country right because i'm asking this because you said that it is kind of customized development as of now that would be because you are at an early stage of your uh, life cycle isn't it yeah it's customized for the crop uh, but it's not customized for the customer segment um so the uh-huh. product is customized for each crop so uh, anytime of uh, future as well we'll be developing products which is customized for each crop uh but it it need not be it's not customized for uh, each geographies or each customer segment uh so a, a tomato product can be used it uh, in tamil nadu it can be used in kerala it can be used in um, um like uh, north bihar uh, everywhere uh, it's going to be consistent with that okay and uh, biotechnology product typically have a long Uh, one is the long product development cycle and more importantly lot of regulatory cycles right lot of regulations are there on these products so so mm-hmm. now can you talk about the regulatory landscape for for your products are do you come under food safety or are there other regulations uh, for these products sure so so we use 100% natural ingredients uh, we we use uh, fda's uh, grass certified ingredients so US FDA has a list of uh, ingredients which is approved to use all our ingredients fall falls under that US FDA regulation um and on top of that we have done uh, testings and validations to prove that the product does not leave any residue on the crop we've done testings to prove that the product does not impact any nutrition we've done testings to prove there is no chemicals or heavy metals so we've done these levels of testing and that helps uh, helps us like get the regulatory approval for india Uh, for international markets each market has its own regulatory approval process so we go through that and then get the approval with respect to um, the longer product development cycle right so hmm. um, that's yeah that's 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 one uh, uh, innovation what we have built here um so what we have done is um, um so we have taken measures to uh, build a platform uh, which is helping us like accelerate our uh, product development cycle um so right now from from a um, initial idea perspective to develop a minimum viable product we're able to do that in less than 2 months uh which uh, which is which is possible because we are able to go super deep into our crop physiology uh we're able to test the product at uh, uh, simulated uh, high temperature high spoilage kind of situation so uh, we put the product through stress testing per se and uh, the other side is like we take the product to the customer early on in the journey um so we don't wait for the final commercialization we take the product to early on so that's also helping us move faster okay and uh, i i still don't uh, understand the regulatory landscape so in india uh, do you have food safety approvals or is there some other uh, body that governs such products <clears throat> sure sure so to to answer that question um so fsai the food safety uh, authority in india uh, they don't have a category for a product like this so it's a, it's a new category for them um so what we have done is we used 100% natural ingredients so it it can be used in ecosystem 
but it cannot be called as shelf life extension so the, the scientific approval what has to be done uh, so we working with fsci to get that scientific approval so we've been working with them for last 3 uh, months uh, to to get the scientific approval to prove that um, we can call our product as shelf life extension so it can be used but to call this a scientific approve uh, like uh, shelf life extension we need to work with them that's where we are working right now hmm. okay so currently fsci has doesn't have any regulations to govern a product like yours that's right and okay, that's right and yeah and to call it something that will increase the shelf life of fruits and vegetables that's a different category altogether is it that's a category what we are creating yes so that's a category what we are working with fsci to create it. um so we are providing them data to create that category um mm-hmm. and call like um give give us a scientific approval uh, certificate to prove that our product can extend shelf life um so that's where we working with them um so yeah Uh, so uh, deepak if we see uh, uh, solutions such as yours that increase the shelf life of uh, uh, harvest produce we don't have many examples of something like this we have appeal in the us which is also a coating right that coating that keeps the plants right. safe so so why is it so hard to create something like this and why hasn't anyone else attempted it you know so far Yeah, no, great question, right? So, so this involves a lot of uh, like R and D, um, yeah. and and there's a there's an amount of like intellectual power required uh, to build a product like this. Um, so, building a team and this is a hard problem to solve, and in building the right kind of team to achieve that is also very critical. Um, so that's that's where uh, it it's been a challenge to work on uh, a product product like this and solve a problem. and um to also and the other side where you asked uh, these kind of solutions are happening in us uh, but it's not common in india so in us a majority of uh, almost like 95% of the transport happens at ambient uh, like uh, controlled temperature like cold storage in cold supply so it's transported in 12 degree celsius to 13 degree celsius so it's a confined space uh, developing a product within that confined space uh, is easier uh, whereas in india the temperature fluctuates from let's say um 12 degree celsius to all the way to 45 degree celsius and we don't know we don't have a cold storage cold situation so developing a product which can be used across these different climatic conditions is very challenging and that's where we are working towards that so. hmm okay okay and uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know biotech products now if we see you know, there are times when products work very well in the lab Uh, but uh, but to uh, to replicate that success in in the mass scale may be a challenge right uh, so what have what has been you 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 are also still early in your journey but what do you think are going to be the challenges to you know to get the same performance you know as or to get the same performance that you are getting in the lab you know great question right so i think that's that's one thing we were clear from day one um our product is meant for large scale adoption it's not to be used in let's say uh, lab scale and then you just excel it in the lab lab level um so so we took the customer uh, into the equation on day one so we started working with customers uh, to test the product in even a beta stage um so all our product development um before even working deeper into the lab scale um we take the prototype to the customer and then test it over there so we understand how the product would work at the customer level what's the uh, variability we have at the customer level 
and then we also understand the supply chain well to simulate uh, similar conditions in 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 our lab as well uh, so if the supply chain requires a uh, transport in 40 degrees celsius or or 45 degrees celsius we simulate those temperature and temperature conditions in 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 our lab level so we understand like how the product can perform uh, eventually in a in a customer segment um so we have taken those measures uh, working with customers early on and also like simulating those customer um like situations in the lab uh, is helping us like bridge that gap faster hmm. no but in terms of just cre- just making it in a mass scale uh, so the ingredients that you need or the extraction facilities that you need or maybe you know there are things that i don't even know about is everything available so that you could do it at a large scale sure i mean that's another question right so um what uh, we we've also taken the steps to build uh, process and systems uh, across all these uh, segments so a raw material our production uh, packaging and also like uh, logistics so everything uh, we've built into a system where um we are able to scale it up faster so we th- we have taken a asset like model um so we work with different contract manufacturers and contract suppliers who have uh, other um production process process and other systems and we have customized for our requirements so uh, we try to use their systems uh, but customized for whatever our needs are um so in that way we are not dependent on building our own asserts or we are not dependent on huge capital investment uh, we can work with contract manufacturers and contract suppliers um so that's how we've been working right now so uh it was a struggle but uh, we've optimized in such a way that uh, we are set for scale right now okay and uh, talking about uh, you know how it works for farmers commercially uh, so we have seen that cold storage is even if they are available they haven't been utilized well right because it doesn't yeah. make sense for a farmer to go come back and the cost of storing it uh, so can you now sure. talk a little bit about how uh, in terms of uh, commercial uh, you know uh, costs uh, how does it work for a farmer vis-a-vis a cold storage or maybe just like that even without it yeah yeah so they don't need a cold storage right so yeah, the, the primary objective is like uh, they don't need a cold storage cold sufficient um mm-hmm. our product works at ambient temperatures so that's that's where um, we add value uh but but uh, with respect to cost right so we've made it uh, such a way that the product is extremely cost effective for a farmer to afford um, while they are transporting to near my mandi or they are uh, trans- like storing it for long um, storage as well so uh, our pricing for tomatoes uh, for 1 kg of tomatoes we charge about like 1 rupee uh, which is extremely affordable uh, for a farmer uh, when you compare that to a cold storage cold supplication that will be like probably 10x or, or 15x more So that's where we are um, reducing the cost and adding value for farmers and, and other stakeholders. Hmm. Okay. And these tomatoes would stay good for at least 7 days and they need to pay 7 uh, to 8 days, yeah. Yeah. And their cost would be 1 rupee per kg per day or no? 1 rupee per kg yes. No, no, it's, it's just 1 1 rupee per kg so it's a product cost. So uh it's 1 rupee per kg and and they can use it for however long they want. Hmm. Okay, and uh, and you know I understand that you have solution for six seven crops now, right? What what right. would be those yeah. key crops and and what all crops do you think would be where these solutions would be viable? Ah, uh, so we currently have products for tomatoes, strawberries, mangoes, um, uh, and uh, we are we also have products for capsicum, uh, cherry tomatoes, 
um, and lettuce. So hmm. we are working on grapes, uh, banana, uh, pineapple, and few other crops like that. So any, as I mentioned, the two different categories. Uh, either it has to be high high volume, uh, like tomatoes or or any of those crops, or it has hmm. to be high value, like strawberries and mangoes. Those are the two different segments what we look at. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And the markets would be India as well as exports, right? Yeah. So so we are right now working with uh, customers in India. Uh, but we are planning to expand outside India as well. Um, yeah, so uh, all the developing countries is where we'll be expanding it to. Okay, okay. And uh, now, can you talk about your, uh, you know, what what green pots would look like in next one year? Uh. Sure. So, um, see, so yes, uh, as mentioned, uh, this is a long term, um, long term like uh, problem to solve. Um, so it's going to take a lot more efforts from us and and move it forward in that way. Um, so right now we've been focused on uh, building our fundamentals and foundations. Um, so that's where uh, we're putting the maximum efforts on. So next year we have plans of like um, expanding outside India. So we'll be um, we'll be like going deeper into the Indian uh, stakeholders, Indian ecosystem, and we'll be expanding to other developing countries in Africa and uh, in. Asia as well, um, so we are looking to cater closer to like fifty thousand to seventy thousand tons of crop by end of um, 2023. Um, so that's where we are heading towards. Okay, and uh, lastly, Deepak, where can we find green pot sachets, and can a retail buyer like me buy these? Um, so unfortunately, these are not for end consumers yet. Um, hmm. So right now we only work with like B two B customers. Um, so B two B customers like retailers, e commerce players, and um, other segments like that. So that's where we are primarily working right now. Um, so these customers can reach out to us directly, um, and uh, that's how we are making the sale right now. Uh, but eventually we are planning to work with uh, different ecosystem players to set up uh, retail end and then sell the products to them. Uh, that's also in the in the cards. Uh, we are working towards that. Uh, but right now, uh, either we sell it uh, through our online platform, or we reach out to them, and then through that we sell it to them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Deepak. That's wonderful. And uh, best wishes to you and your team. And look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you so much, Bharti. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Green Business Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fine Train, an advisory firm that supports green businesses in fundraising. You can read more on us on finetrain.com. Thanks again and see you next time.